Hi everyone. This is a weird review uh, because it's not. It's really. It's kind of difficult for me to actually review this. And it's for Cuphead. Now, if you want the short version, because I usually tell people whether or not I like something, and uh, you know, at the beginning of the review, so I don't make you wait. Um, a lot of people like this cartoon, and this cartoon is likable. I don't like it, but my opinion may change. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna spend the next ten or fifteen minutes telling you why I don't like it, even though it's a well done cartoon. So um, the the short version of why I don't like it is the cartoon was not produced in the way that they said that the cartoon was going to be produced. Uh, so if you want to accept that at its face value, uh, or say, well, what do you mean, Kevin? I'll say, well, it was not produced like a 1930s cartoon. And then if you want to have further, further objections to that saying, it looks just like a, yeah, yeah, no, no. Listen to the rest of the review. I promise I'll explain it the rest of the review, but take my word for it right now. If you want to just hang up. Cuphead is a cartoon that people can enjoy. There are worse cartoons out there. It is a well-done cartoon. I don't care for it. A lot of people love it. I think that it failed to meet the standards set by the video game. Um, it did not accomplish what it set out to accomplish. Now, for the actual review. Um... There are multiple aspects of reviewing. One of them is opinion. Review, a lot of con conclusions drawn in reviews are based on opinion. But contrary to what many people try and say, would say, it's just your opinion, man, right, about everything. There are quantifiable objecti uh, objectives and objectable, I don't say objectable, but... Um, what, I, what should I say? Uh, facts. They're, they're quantifiable facts or points that can be made that have nothing to do with opinion. Right? And if you want an example, here's a great example. A bad blue screen done in the 90s after blue screen technology had, or green screen technology, whichever you want to say, uh, had been essentially perfected in movies like Superman, right? If you see somebody, uh, especially on, oh, the last Pierce Brosnan Bond, um, Tomorrow Never Dies, I think is what it was. Tomorrow Never Dies with him, with this blue screen, CGI generated blue screen, and he's in a, uh, a harness and he's flowing down. The reason why that makes it objectively bad, whether or not you love the scene, is because the blue tint bleeds into his body. Uh, you know, the tinting around his body, it looks like a cutout. There's no uh, perspective between him and the giant tsunami wave that's behind him. It, it, there are a number of actual bad techniques used in that shot, which had been resolved before that movie was made.
So whether or not you like the scene, which is a personal opinion, the scene's effects were objectively bad because they had done better in other movies and they could do better. So was that movie fun? Depending on whether or not you're a Bond fan and what kind of Bond fan, yes, it was fun. Does that make that scene a well-done scene? No, it does not. Were you cheering? If you say yes, does not change the fact it was a bad scene. No, does not change the fact that that was a bad scene. See what I'm saying? So, the objective facts and problems with Cuphead, the TV series, does not have the same quality of animation the video game has. And you may say, well, they took several years to do the video game, Kevin. You can't expect that. Well, that is another fact that is true. It is true that for uh, a comparison purposes, there are competing facts here. The cartoon does not accomplish what the video game accomplished. The video game was all hand-drawn, hand-drawn on paper and hand-drawn in computer, the, which then it took several years. It was done by just a couple people. Whereas the cartoon was, you can argue hand-drawn because of the tablets, but it looked more like a computer simulated, in a lot of instances, computer simul simulated cells that were very sharp and very crisp and did not have the look of a uh, pencil test or an inked pencil drawing. Well, here's another fact. You could actually add that level of detail using a filter. They did not do that with this cartoon. Adding a filter to add that appearance would have changed the opinion on whether or not they set out to do something that looked like the 1930s. Now you could say, well, a lot of people don't enjoy the filter. That's an opinion. But you have that opinion tied into the statement of what they were trying to accomplish. The other, so we, I've got the artwork down, you know, um, the other aspect of the artwork is that, uh, in uh, rubber hose style cartoons, that's what they call them, rubber hose style, uh, you have a lot of breaking of dimensions and proportions. That's because artists who hand draw were, easy, were, were hap happy to easily break the mold. They would never stick to the character sheet. I've seen a growing movement with a lot of animators in these tech schools who get pissed off when anything breaks the character sheet. And it's an OCD disorder 
when somebody is really angry, they say, why is that character's eyes so big? They need, big. They need to stick to the character sheet. And in discussions and on message boards, I have seen people who are animators in, in the industry get very, very angry when they see something that was done on a regular basis in the 30s and 40s and the 20s and the 50s. Hell, even the 60s. Not so much later until you get into things like Freakazoid and a lot of Disney cartoons, right? I am of the firm belief that these people who get angry that the character sheet is violated actually do have some sort of mental disorder that prevent them from exploring the boundaries and breaking outside of the literal box. This is not a per proverb that I'm saying here, or an idiom, or anything like that. It's literally the box, are the lines of the character sheet, and they refuse to bend those lines and break out of them. I know a lot of people who have those problems. People who have those problems, whether or not it's an actual mental disorder, or whether or not it's uh, an, you know, like OCD, which is a mental disorder, or if it's just their training as an artist and maybe they have a pet peeve, those types of artists cannot be involved in anything that looks like it's done in the 20s, 30s, or 40s. They can't. Because the animation style of the 20s, 30s, and 40s, even in some of the tightest animation, involved moments of, uh, quick takes uh, where the eyes would turn as big as saucer plates or even bigger. Or Popeye's fist would turn into a machine gun or, you know, uh, an anvil and punch Bluto in the face, right? That's how those cartoons were made. They would say, look, it's just like real life, except it's a cartoon and his feet are now 20 feet uh, size, uh, you know, 20 feet, tw not size 20 feet. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, size 20 feet, not size 20 inches, size 20 feet in, in, in length because he's super powered and it got really big and he can kick the moon back into orbit. You can't kick the moon into orbit in, in uh, most uh, animation. Yeah, I know. That's the point. Cartoons are a living fantasy of moldable dimensions. And they sort of have that in Cuphead, and they sort of don't. It, it, it took me a while to figure it out when I was watching the cartoon. And, like, they actually have, some of them, do these big, huge motions. But then... Somehow, in the regular walking animation, the or or certain things, their their legs and their arms, they act like they're actual stiff legs and arms. They don't act like they're um, rubber hose. Rubber hose legs and arms are supposed to be rubber hose legs and arms. They're supposed to act like a rubber hose. When they're walking, it's not supposed to be, oh, you see a knee joint here and there. It's, it's like the leg bends forward and warps as they go, go, as they move forward. Only when they need to be are their legs and arms stiff. 
this cartoon doesn't really have that. But at the same time, they'll have a situation where someone's getting slapped around and their, their fists turn really big, right? It's like somebody has been stuck in their animation class for, for years or months saying, don't go outside the box, don't go outside the box. And then they're given a project where they say, go outside the box in every single fucking frame. And they say, okay, this is a quarter of an inch outside the box. Is that okay, teach? Teacher says, ah, it'll pass for now. When a 1930s or 40s artist would say, all right, what do you want me to do? Oh, cool, this character. Hey, look, I'm going to make his arm 10 feet long in this scene. And then he has to roll it up with, with a crankshaft. Like, that's not in the script. I know, but I got a few extra frames. I'll draw it. That's the big fucking difference between Cuphead and, and a cartoon from, from the past. And if you look, and you might say, well, you know, these animation programs, Kevin, these animation programs don't really do that. It's kind of hard. They have to ha add a lot more art. Yeah, but guess what? The fucking video game came damn close to doing that. And a video game is even tighter on that concept than anything else. Their whole bodies are kind of, are in motion. They're kind of in motion, right? Their whole bodies are. In this cartoon, their bodies are stiff and rigid, like a 1960s Hanna-Barbera cartoon. Hanna-Barbera in the 60s got away with that because they had very little money and they were trying to churn out uh, shows so they created uh, paper doll cutouts that could be swapped for different scenes to speed along the animation process. It was called the Hanna-Barbera style, right? A lot of critics fucking hated it. Although I think it's, uh, it has a charm, you know? It's got a charm and, with the Flintstones and... And everything. I mean, they pioneered the paper doll animation concept, right? That's what they did. So, um, Hanna Barbera had that that distinctive opportunity to do that. You know, Cuphead had the opportunity to do the exact opposite. And yet, for the cartoon, there were a lot of scenes where they're completely rigid. To give you a very, very specific scene, uh, to try and describe this, and then I'll go. There's a scene where, uh, I, I don't know the names of the characters, forgive me. I mean, I, I like the video game, I watch it, but I never memorize the names of the characters. I know Cupman and, and uh, Mug, uh, Cuphead and Mugman, right? That's it. And even then I screwed up Cuphead's name. Cuphead and Mugman. <laughs> oh, and the devil, Mr. Scratch, right? Well, the gambler, you know, the guy with the dice for his head, he comes in to tell the devil... He walks in through the door to tell the devil that uh, things are not going well in the carn evil, right? And in this whole scene, he, he, he opens the door and then he quickly runs forward. And it's a very tight animation run, like a very sequential thing. He quickly runs forward and then he tries to talk to the devil and the devil 
it's, it's nothing moves and then a quick movement and you see the the chair moving back and forth really quickly and then the devil appears behind him okay in the video game the characters would always be in motion it's called idle animation right even when they're talking there's nothing that's static about them they're they're always in motion they're always moving their 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 lines are quivering back and forth right in this cartoon everything is very tight crisp clean lines straight edge they took a razor blade to cut down the edge to make sure everything was straight when he's pleading with the devil his face is very stiff and frozen while he's saying oh please you know uh, i hate to tell you this is bad here here and here the devil moves around but the devil's body does not move itself uh, the devil's body changes locations but it's a very stiff rigid drawing of the devil okay how it would be in the video game and in a 1930s cartoon would be like this when the uh uh dice man is getting ready to move forward there would be a wind-up animation and maybe some exaggerated body movements in the background with giant exclamation points and then him running forward with all sorts of uh, smudge lines okay no such really thing thing really happened in the cartoon and then he'd get up to looking for the devil and and the chair would uh or you would see behind the chair when the, you see the from behind the chair when you see the devil's leg the devil's leg would be moving up and down pretty quickly uh in an idle animation you know like you know if you still don't know what I'm talking about, imagine a video game on the Nintendo Entertainment System where the characters are walking in place, right? So you still have that, you would have an idle animation of his uh, knee bouncing up and down and, and the hand and the legs somewhat deforming as they're moving up and down because it wouldn't be crisp, clean, straight, solid shape of a body. It's a, um, it's a rubber hose body. Keep that in mind. And the devil changes size in the cartoon, right? So, I mean, not in the cartoon, in the uh, video game, right? So you, you should probably have his legs and arms just kind of expanding a little bit and de shrinking a little bit um, to show that nothing can contain the devil. He's whatever, he's whatever shape and size he wants to be, right? So the cartoon should also have had this uh, the guy with the... Uh, um, uh, dice head doing things like patting his face uh, very quickly and and sweat lines coming out all over uh, irregularly shaped sweat droplets instead of perfectly shaped sweat droplets coming off of his forehead etc 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 when the devil comes around the the chair when it swings when it when it spins it should be smudged to sh and it should be deformed a little bit to resemble something going really fast and then the devil maybe his whole body deforming when he's sneaking when he's uh zipping around behind the uh dice guy appearing and and uh kind of almost like the t-1000 from terminator 2 just kind of his body reshaping and going boo and and that type of thing and, and just kind of moving up and down because even when he's idle, he's not idle because his entire body has to move, his arms wiggling a little bit, you know, that type of thing. 
that's how the cartoon should have been drawn. But all of the droplets in that cartoon, all the sweat droplets are exactly the same fucking size or shape, essentially. Uh, there's no real deforming. There's no major changing. The, the uh, dice guy, when he's talking to the devil, his mouth's the only thing that moves while his head is perfectly still like a Hanna-Barbera cartoon. There's no movement. There's no engagement. There's no organic existence to these rubber hose characters. None. And not only is that part of the animation, that's also part of the script. Watch some old fucking cartoons. And you'll see that shit goes on in the background that's beyond what's written in the script. All the time. Because animators got bored and they got tired of drawing the same fucking things. So they wanted to spruce it up a little bit. They put little gags themselves, whether or not it was in the fucking strip. Hell, Tex Avery, the perfectionist that he was, he would actually get pissed off sometimes with animators who did extra things. They would have to pitch extra things to him because he wanted to make sure the whole scene flowed perfectly. And sometimes he did want nothing happening in the background just so you focused on red, right? Uh, the, the, hot, the hot gal of red. But even when he tr tried to do that, you'd still see silhouettes of people going, whoo-hoo, right? That type of thing. Rotoscoping of... of uh, of shadows of people in, in the nightclub or, or her just on stage and it's just her, right? Then you would snap back to uh, the wolf and the wolf just starts doing the wolf whistle, the wolf calls and his whole body's deforming, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And Tex Avery was like the generation beyond rubber hose, okay? He was the next generation after the rubber hose generation. So that's why I don't like the cartoon. The scripts are also pretty fucking lame. Okay, they have the carnival where it's sucking people's souls out. That's a 30 minute plot line for an old rubber hose script. Or not 30 minute, 30 second plot line. Forgive me, I said minute. That's a 30 second plot line for an old script. You, then you would have to switch the plot line and switch the plot line and switch the plot line until you don't know what the fuck you're going. It, you know, a great example of that is The Simpsons. You know, The Simpsons will start out, some of the funnier Simpsons episodes, they'll start out doing one thing and then by the end of the 30 minutes they've got, they've had like 10 different plots running through the show. Like it, Simpsons has ADHD. All those critics hating on The Simpsons, but that was actually a very, very a classic style of writing for that type of cartoon. It was entirely classic. That's what the rubber hose cartoons were like. They go from one plot to another, to another, to another. Look at, uh, you know, the, the second generation, you know, the Tex Avery and right afterwards with, uh, with uh, Tom and Jerry. Tom and Jerry cartoons... You could say, well, they all had the same plot, Tom fighting Jerry. <laughs> that's, a, that's a plot. Uh, you could say that's sort of a plot. That, that's more like an objective. The objective is Tom has to fight with Jerry. 
That's the objective. That's like the first sentence and the pitch sentence. I've got an idea for the cartoon. Okay, what's the log line? Tom fights with Jerry. It's great. I like it. Whoa, anything else about it? I'm picking a china shop this time. Then we go home and then we do go to the, uh, to the mayor's office. Good. That sounds like a great plot. That's a pitch for a Tom and Jerry cartoon. How, where the fuck does a china shop home and the mayor's office fit into a plot? You don't fucking know because the plot is constantly changing every 30 seconds or a minute. Or maybe it's Tom and Jerry are in the backyard. Yeah, and there's a tree. Oh, wow, that sounds like fun. Yeah, get this, though. In the neighbor's yard, there's a swimming pool. I plan to use all sorts of these things together. Maybe even a kitchen? Hey, who knows? I'll throw in the kitchen sink. Man, you got it. Get in. All right. Comes back. Hey, I got an idea. Yeah, Tom fighting Jerry. Yeah, backyard. We did a backyard. Yeah, but we did a backyard with a pool. Now I'm doing a backyard with a garden hose. Hey, that sounds fun. Okay, let's get to it. You know, you could say that that's a plot, but what's in a Tom and Jerry cartoon? I'll tell you what's in a Tom and Jerry cartoon. Takes. Animation takes. Did, uh, different. The plot line for a, a Tom and Jerry cartoon is really... How do you get from, from this point to 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 this point, right? And it all makes sense by the end. You could stick in 50 different items that have nothing in relation to each other, and somehow they all wind up in the same goddamn battle, and the plot is going from one item to the other. That's the plot of a Tom and Jerry cartoon. It's crazy, man. You know, Betty Boop cartoon. Um, she wants to go visit her grandma, and then she winds up going to a haunted cave. In the same cartoon, she when she gets uh, sung to by the ghosts who sing Minnie the Moocher, which has oh wait wait I'm sorry no she's running away from home that's right okay so here's Minnie the Moocher right she's uh, she's running away from home she thinks that they're all just treating her poorly she she leaves her parents she winds up hooking up with Bobo they walk to a haunted cave. Why the fuck is she walking to a haunted cave after she's running away from home? Who knows? She's singing with Bobo. There's a, there's a music, there's a musical interlude. They get into the cave, boom, Minnie the Moocher. Like, what the fuck? These ghosts are singing to her. And then the ghosts decide to scare her. First they entertain her, then they scare her. She's running back home, and then she said, home sweet home, and is staying there. Like, what the fuck kind of plot is that? It's all over the place, man. It went from... Uh, you know, so you could say, oh, well, uh, Betty Boop decides to run away the, from home, is taught a lesson by some ghosts, and goes back. Okay. But all the different things that happen along the way, all of the, the little in, the 30 seconds here, 30 seconds there, 30 seconds, whatever, all that shit come, accumulates into things that should not be put together. And that's just for a, a cartoon that's only a couple minutes long. So, the problem is with these Cuphead shows, they have plots that are only like four minute long plots. And they try to go all over the place, but the moment you see them going to the carnival, you say, oh, well, the devil's involved. Okay, is there something special with the devil? No, he somehow is defeated in battle. Okay. What else is going on? You just see people's spirits getting sucked out of their bodies for about 30 seconds or a minute. Well, couldn't they cover that in five seconds? Yeah, they could have, but it's going to take 30 seconds to a minute. 
And then we're going to revisit that to show you and make sure you know that their souls are being sucked out of their bodies. That whole scene with them, the souls being sucked out of people's bodies, it ran for like four minutes. In animation, that's a long time. Mugman takes forever to figure it out. And he still can't get Cuphead's uh, attention. It's, it, it's frustratingly slow. The animation isn't there. It looks like a 90s animation cartoon, which is good for the 90s, but it's not rubber hose animation. You know? It's... The, it, it's an okay cartoon. I mean, if I put up against Johnny Test, yeah, okay. It's on the same level as Johnny Test, and I love Johnny Test, so why don't I love Cuphead? I don't love Cuphead because it's not what they say it is. It's not what they say they were going to present. And so... A lot of people love Cuphead, and I don't, because I feel like I'm watching something that pretends to be something it's not. <laughs> Maybe I'm OCD. Maybe I'm OCD that they don't break the boundaries like they should. They break some, but not all. You know? Uh... And here's the other thing. If they're going to do a Cuphead series that's supposed to be look that's supposed to look like a 30s or 40s cartoon, you either go very sparse, like a Betty Boop background, or a Felix the Cat background, where it's just sparse. Or you go heavy detail, like a MGM or Tex Avery cartoon. You create painted works of art. Cuphead had the painted works of art background for, for the video game. They should have just fucking done that. They have all of these scenes and all of these, you know, whatever in Cuphead. They, they could easily have emulated it on Unity or, or Blender or whatever they're using. They could have easily created painted scenes that could be reused for the entire damn series. I'm guessing they would have need at, needed at least uh, 800 painted images for, for different backgrounds. But if you do a big enough painted image, it could, re, you know, a big enough painted image, especially one of the house, you could, or, or the forest, you could easily have uh, a half a dozen scenes worth of animation. And then you could loop them like they did in the 30s and 40s. You could loop those painted scenes. They didn't do that. They didn't do that at all. They don't do the idle animation for rubber hose. They don't do all sorts of things that they could have done. And that's why I, I don't really like it. <laughs> Uh, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. It's watchable. It's watchable. You know, I've seen far, far worse. The The scripts aren't as tight as they should be. You know, this is like the second cartoon where I've had a problem with the scripts not being as tight as they should be. 
Bird Girl is supposed to be a sequel to Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law. And the scripts for Bird Girl are 15 minutes. Or not 15 minutes. Um, well, they're, they're like 15-minute scripts that are stretched to a half an hour. Right. Harvey Birdman's scripts were like 20-minute scripts crammed into 10 minutes. Because it was like ADHD, going from one image to another, to another, to another. You have to watch Harvey Birdman if you're going to laugh at it. Otherwise, you're going to miss a ton of shit. I learned that when I, when I went to rewatch it. I went to rewatch it, and so uh, I was while I was working, and I thought, this isn't that funny. And then I looked up and said, oh, yeah, that's funny. And I realized, oh, that's why it's funny. The psych eggs are, are rapid-fire psych eggs. And Bird Girl does not have rapid fire anything. So it's it, it's got the same feel as Cuphead. Cuphead, the cartoon, compared to Cuphead, the video game. It's just like Bird Girl, the cartoon, compared to Bird Man, the, 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 the cartoon, the predecessor. Bird Girl by its own is enjoyable. Cuphead by its own, the cartoon, is enjoyable. But when you see what they were trying to accomplish, they both missed. So, that's my review. That's my 30-minute review. Um, and uh, take with it, from it, what you will. Love you all. Take care. Bye.